Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Players to Be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What up, Ed? Hey, you did it right this time. And today we are going to be giving you our end of the month show, recapping all the action that was action in the NHL. Dan, where do you want to begin? Let's talk about the standings, maybe. Perhaps some stat leaders. Let's talk about the standings. All right, let's get their big guide. Leading all of the NHL, because they have yet to lose, at least in the Eastern Conference. Nope, not the Eastern Conference. That is the Boston Bruins as... No captain, no problem. They are 6-0-1 in through seven games. That's good for 13 points, a plus 11 goal differential. I thought losing Pacioretty would be a bigger deal, but apparently the ship just keeps rolling along. What do you think about the Bruins? Pacioretty? What are you talking about? Are you drunk? Or, or Bergeron, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, they got... I'm tired. <laughs> they, got, they got pasta, um, I believe. Pasta's pasta still there. Uh, Marshan's our new captain. So, but I mean, new dad, you mean? That too. Um, I mean this this Boston team, I feel like surprised everybody the way they've came out the gate. Um, there's there's no if ands or buts about it. They still look ready to pay. They they still look like they have the possibly the best goaltending tandem in the league as well. Um. Well, given the fact that out of all the teams that have played seven games, they have given up 11 goals. The next closest to them that have played seven, and i got to look here because I've got to scroll. Are the Rangers with 13? Vegas has 13 as well, and they're 7-0. Okay, so there you go. With a plus 15-point differential. So Vegas can score a little bit more, but it doesn't matter. Boston is – Boston's in a catbird seat. Uh. What? Let's talk about Vegas. Vegas is 7-0 and now in a division that's kind of a lot different than what we thought it would be with the Kraken in fifth, the Oilers in seventh, Calgary, who I believe we both had right at either in the playoffs or at the cusp of the playoffs, sitting in sixth. Vancouver is second, and the Kings are third. Even the Ducks are on their way up in fourth. But Vegas is 7-0, and 28 goals for, 13 goals against. That's a hell of a way to follow up the Stanley Cup victory, isn't it? Uh, it definitely is. Um, so uh, you want me to give some of my hot takes here now? No, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to wait a little bit for that. That, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, right there is called, in this business, a tease. All right. Um, I mean, I've watched a lot of these Vegas games as well just because I enjoy watching that team play. Uh, they – look like they are a team on a mission to repeat a Stanley Cup winners. Uh, but this Western Conference by far is the tougher conference out of the two. Um, and personally, I believe that uh, personally, I believe the Pacific is probably the tougher division out of the two, too. When you look at it, uh, it it's it's a little more well-rounded in a sense. Um, there's really only one bottom-dwelling team that you can look at and say, yep, that team has no shot to go anywhere, and that's the San Jose Sharks. Uh, the, the, Sharks have a, the Sharks have a real chance of breaking the Washington Capitals' 10-win record for the worst season in, in NHL history. 
And yeah, I believe the Capitals is... may have won only eight games one year. I'm not 100% on that. This team is is really bad, and, and they look at um, – I can't hold anything in my hands, apparently. They, well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll save you here. Through seven games, they have scored eight goals. They've given up 29. Yeah, and they gave up six tonight against Tampa. That well, that's Tampa though. I mean, it's it's Tampa. But still, yeah, there were I mean, a lot of shutouts tonight. Now that you bring up tonight's scores, I think there were like four or five of them out of eleven games. I know Igor got one. Uh, yeah, four of them out of uh, eleven games. As the Blues shut out the Flames three to nothing, the Rangers shut out the Oilers three to nothing. Boy. We're going to talk about Edmonton here in a little bit. The Lightning over the Sharks, six to nothing, and the Penguins over the Avalanche, woo, four to nothing. Is the Penguins needed That's that victory? A, the Penguins needed that victory bad. Yes, they did. All right, let's move on to our expected stuff and our unexpected stuff that happened this year. Dan, give me an expected thing that happened this year so far. Um. I mean, cream rising to the top. I mean, you have Vegas, Colorado, and and Dallas. Uh, those three teams would probably be your top three teams coming out of the West. Uh, Colorado just suffered their first loss tonight, starting off 6-1-0. Vegas, we've already mentioned, at 7-0. And uh, Dallas is at 4-1-1 now. Um, so the the cream of the crop is rising, and um, this is this is what we got. Um, you give me uh, give me an unexpected. Okay. Um, how about the Detroit Red Wings? Did we really expect them to be this good this early? They now sit at 5-2-1. and one. I had them at 5-1-1 one, and one because I wrote this script before the games tonight, and then they probably go out and make a fool of me and lose to the Winnipeg Jets 4-1. But I didn't expect them to be here this early. Um, and they are here. And, and they are either. fun to watch. They are extremely fun to watch. They played the Kraken on uh, the Frozen Frenzy, which, please, NHL, do that once a month. That was one of the best days of hockey that I have. Uh, if you can figure out a way to work that in once a month with mm-hmm. arena schedules and everything, that was fun to watch. Maybe do it on a Saturday, start your games a little bit earlier. Um, you know, that way there's kind of a little bit oh, more yeah. flexibility. Going to, going to bed 2 o'clock in the morning wasn't that fun. But watching all those games was. Um, but yes, this this Detroit team is very fun to watch. They played the Kraken on Tuesday, uh, and it was it, it was a hell of a game. Yeah, I that whatever the, the NHL did um, to get that 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 I I completely 150% agree with you on the Saturday thing, especially once college football dies down, uh, if it ever dies down. <laughs> um, that's that's. That was just so much fun because and, and it got everybody and I mean, everybody engaged in that as well, because I mean, Twitter was just a mess with everything. And it, it was it was so much fun. Uh, Dan, let's go back. Talk to me about my favorite team and the goaltender there. Once you give it, I'll give you the stats for this young man. But go ahead. Praise my uh, boy. I, mean, a little bit. I could. I mean, you don't have to give me the stats because I already know. Like I, I mentioned to you because I, I feel like I've probably watched a little bit more hockey than you have so far this season. Um, mm-hmm. And Bennington is carrying that team on his back. He has every single one of the blue players on his back. It would be nice to see him get a little bit of help. Um, mm-hmm. If he's willing to trade that no trade clause, if I'm the Blues with the season he's having, I'm shipping him out of town as quick as I possibly can and starting my rebuild from there. Um but, just just to give you a little bit of back, because I am going to mention his stats. 
He is uh, two and one and one in four starts. He has a 945 save percentage and given up six or seven goals in four games. That's a 1.69 goals against average. That's pretty good. That's very good. That that's that's, that's very good. good. That's very but, good. He's he he looks like one of the best goaltenders in the league right now. To where if the Vesna were to be handed out on October twenty eighth, Bennington's well, probably a top three save, candidate. Oh, save that hot take for later on. Um, and just to kind of prove me wrong again after I wrote this script, Joel Hofer got the start in the first game of consecutive games for the Blues and got a three to nothing shutout tonight. So. Uh, it's that that Blues game was he got a three nothing shot. Oh, yeah, they did beat Calgary. That was a very surprising game, um, uh, in, in my opinion. Bennington gets the start tomorrow in a 10 o'clock game against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, let's give you another unexpected thing. The Edmonton Oilers. One five and one now after dropping a three to nothing game to the New York Rangers. Yikes. Is it time to panic? Uh, yes. 100%. Uh, McDavid's out with an injury, and this team looks anemic on Tuesday. Let me double check my – let me not put my foot in my mouth here. On Tuesday well, – why, why, you, why you do that? Um, and ahead, they lost to – they lost to the Wild 7-4, so they, they scored some more goals here, but Wild goaltending hasn't been that great so far. But this team's defense has been awful, and this is uh with two of the Canadian teams that everybody is always high on. Um, wild wild goal, goal, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Wild goaltending hasn't been great so far. Through seven games, they've given up 31 goals. By far the worst in the Central Division over Winnipeg by seven and worst in the in the entire western conference over edmonton by one so just throw that out there please go it's it's bad um and this team just can't seem to put it together i mean they beat the pred 6-1 but you go through when you look at this i mean their opening night they got blown out by the canucks eight to one Uh, i don't need to go through the edmonton's whole season so far here but Mm -hmm. Um, the issue is clearly goaltending. Um, I mean, granted, you're not going to win games when you have, what, three games with one goal, and then, I mean, they're they're not scoring the way they, they are either when you have this bad of goaltending. Um, right. When you think of an Edmonton score and you hear 7-4, you think Edmonton's winning that game. But Yeah, McDavid had a couple of goals, and, and Dreisaitl had three points, yeah. Um how about another expected thing? Because I know we both expected this because of what they gave us last year. I think you're going to talk about Hulu and ESPN Plus here. Um, it's been abysmal. It's been terrible. The commentators have been bad. The audio issues have been bad. Lost feeds, games getting dropped. Just bad. So maybe I'm just watching the wrong games. I haven't experienced much of this. So watch the Blues game on Tuesday and 15 minutes of the first period. The static was so bad you could hardly hear Jamie Rivers and um, uh, Kelly. I can't remember his first name. Uh, And I probably heard him talk a million times. 
But it, I mean, it was just, it was god awful. And I don't know so if it was a camera wonder, thing though. or or if it was a is building a thing or what. ESPN thing or it was a Hulu a, Plus or ESPN Plus. Is, is that a is that a Blues broadcast thing? Because all they're doing is they're mm-hmm. just they're just tapping into the live feeds from them. If, right, I, if, I, I get that, but you would think that if it's ESPN, they would tell them fix your stuff. You know? I mean, that's that's expecting a lot from a company that that didn't want anything to do with hockey two years ago. Hey, don't you disparage the good name of Mickey Mouse, all right? Better watch your civil tongue. I apologize, Mickey. Okay. I'm going to talk about something that's unexpected that's going to make you more angry than what you already are. Connor Bedard only has four points in seven games. Two goals, two assists. Chicago's two and five, and he is a minus four on the year. Given all the hype that he's had, given all the things we heard coming out of Chicago, this is unexpected, no? It is. It's also been – there's going to be some positive regression here. Connor Bernard has had two goals come off the board due to some offsides cause in review. I mean, um, everybody does. Uh, no, I know. That's why I said there's going to be positive regression. I mean, it's definitely unexpected. Uh, to me, Bernard does not look like the best of his rookie class so far. Um, I – but this is this is what I expected from Chicago. I tempered my expectations. I told you I took my notebook out and I wrote a hundred times on each page. I will not put Chicago in the playoffs. I will not put Chicago in the playoffs. And I finally drilled it into my own head. Uh, he's still been really fun to watch. But this Chicago team, they have Chicago fan base. They have a lot to look forward to with this kid when you watch him play. Agreed. Um, we're going to work later on in the show. That's going to be something to look out for. We're going to, we're going to talk about somebody, um, who I really hope Dar doesn't turn into. Um, give me your last one. Give me something that we expected coming into this season. I mean, it's, it's kind of expected, right? I mean, Austin Matthews is the best first week performer of the season. Granted, Austin Matthews is also, or as you have him in here, is Autism Matthews. Um, your spelling Austin. should be better. Austin, not autism. Um, you freak uh, You know, he what, two hat-tricks in his first two games and then one goal in the next four? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously that's going to, I mean, you come out the gate, you score six in the first two nights. Um, clearly there's going to be some, some regression there just with variance and stuff like that. Uh, but this Toronto team, I their goaltending is that's why I said this was the other team I was talking about from up north uh, with with goaltending. It's it's been a little shaky. I mean, they've given up 21 goals in seven games. That's three goals a game. And it's the third best of their division behind Boston and behind Florida, who has played one less game. So has it been that shaky? Watch the games. It's been that shaky. Yeah, but that's just that's just Toronto who doesn't know the name or the meaning of the word defense. And Toronto is still meshing together because they have had a lot of turnover on that roster, something like all of it. Um, you, how about you give us the last unexpected one? Because you kind of called this a little. You flirted with calling this when we did our preview, saying they weren't going to be as bad as what I thought they were. And they're not that bad. And who am I talking about? You're talking about the Philadelphia Flyers sitting at four, two and two. Um, and they very well could have won that game Tuesday night. Four, two and one. Excuse me. Sorry. I've okay, had that four, two. And one. Sorry, I was reading your notes there. 
Um, they very well could have won that game Tuesday night against Vegas. And tonight they beat up on the Minnesota team who gave up another six goals, six to two. Um, this Flyers team, now listen, when, when we get in the next month and, and these teams are playing – uh, you know, 14, 14, 15 games in a month. That's where we're really going to see how the depth looks and how these legs look and everything. Um, but right now, they um, they are looking like they're going to have a decision to make when it comes later on in the season uh, because a lot of teams, a, a lot of people were expecting this Flyers team to be sellers. And right now, they are sitting, what, top th- two in their division? Top two in the conference? They are second in the division, season? one point behind the New York Rangers who sit at 5-2-0. Um, one thing that needs to be mentioned, and it almost made this list, are the Carolina Hurricanes leading, I mean, I, if you want to call it leading, uh, the goal, goals against have 35. Granted, they played eight games, but 35 goals against from a team where goaltending was a, uh, arguably a strength for them last year. That was just on the outside looking in of uh, that when I saw that, that was definitely a what the hell am I looking at kind of stat. But I digress. Dan, you mentioned this earlier. Let's do it now. The way too early hot takes. Let's do it. But I have uh, six. You have five. I'm going to give my first one. Then you can go and we'll go back and forth. Sound good? Uh, so so just to be fair, as Ed goes through some of these, some of these hot takes would, uh, would definitely have been mentions of mine. Uh, him and I thought a lot alike on this, and it annoyed me to think that we thought alike. Um, but uh, well, that's what happens when you some do good ones. That's what happens when you do a show on and off with somebody for seven damn years. Yeah. So, you know, that happens. Uh, let's start off. Alex Dabrinkit will get first place Hart Trophy votes. He right now leads the league with nine goals and is third in points with 13 for the Detroit Red Wings. He may, and that, this is saying a lot given the fact I'm a huge David Perron guy. Give, you know, he's a two-time St. Louis Blue or three-time Blue or whatever. Uh, he may be my favorite guy to watch in Detroit. And that's very fair. Um, he is having fun in Detroit. He decided to go to Detroit to be closer to home when he made this decision. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of flack from Ottawa fans because of that. Um, and he just plays the game kind of the way that I, I enjoy watching him play. He's not a big guy. He plays with a lot of heart, uh, no pun intended, with the first place heart votes that you've mentioned. But um, he oh good one. He uh he, he's he's definitely fun to watch, and I I enjoy watching him as well. And um, is it now Ed? Mind my mind my infancy into uh, hockey fandom here. The Rocket Richard is that goal scorer. Yes. I believe he's going to be a contender for this. Well, he has to be if he's going to get her trophy votes. Um. And once again, it's saying a lot, given the fact he's a former Blackhawk and I hate everything Chicago or anything that's ever known Chicago. Dan, give me your first too early hot take. And I don't think uh, it's gonna, really that much of a hot take, by the way. I'm going to I'm going to give you my first one, because I think my second one is a little bit of a hot take. Hotter it's hotter. Take. It's hotter. Um, I mean, this is a record that has stood for a while, but I believe uh, Vegas is going to break the win streak of 10 to start the season. So that does not mean overtime wins. I mean, straight up wins. Regular wins and regulation. Yes, um, I believe they're going to break that of ten at this point. Uh, they're minus three twenty-six versus Chicago tomorrow to in Chicago, I believe. No, that is in eight. Vegas. That is, that is in Vegas. Is okay. In Vegas. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I like I like them to do that. Fair enough. My next one, Brady Tichuk will top last year's totals in points and penalty minutes. He finished last year with 83 points and 124 penalty minutes. So far, he has four goals, two assists, and six points, and 34 penalty minutes. Granted, he got a lot of those in one game. How do you like Brady to Chuck? He's a dude that if I got into a bar fight, I want him on my side. I'll tell you what. He's also really fun to watch. It. I was greatly disappointed when Calgary put Matt to Chuck on the block and the Blues didn't make a play for him. I, I mean, they did, but they weren't able to get him. Um, I would I would absolutely sell the farm to bring Brady to Chuck home. He's a St. Louis boy. His dad is going into the uh, St. Louis Blues Hall of Fame this year with Pavel Dimitra and a host of others. I think Mike Leute's going into and and and, and a, a few others. But uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of weird if you look at him. Like his dad wasn't a bad looking guy. Matt to Chuck's not a bad looking guy. Brady looks like a thumb. Like he, he is definitely, looking dude. He's definitely not pretty. Give me your next hot take, buddy. Um, Vegas will win the President's Trophy. And? And proceed to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. So you're saying that an eighth-place team in the West, a team like a Calgary, a St. Louis, maybe a Nashville, yes. is going to knock out Vegas – in the first round. Yes. That may be the hottest take we have on this show. It very well. That may be. is and in. That is a furnace of a take. I um, hope I'm wrong. But I'm going to give you one that's not necessarily a hot take, but one that's just almost confirmed going to happen. UC Soros will play 70 plus games and be a serious Vesnik trophy contender. So far, he started seven out of eight for Nashville. He has a 3-4-0 record with a 9-10 save percentage and a 2.58 goals against. If he has those numbers at the end of the year, he's absolutely in that conversation. If he plays 70 games, he's absolutely in that conversation. Yes or no? If he plays 70 games, yes. I just don't know how many back-to-backs they have on their schedule to where that could be. I don't think it matters. He he seems like a guy that's in such good shape. He can go, and he can go, and he can go, and he can go. Um. I mean, listen, I love Saros. Saros was my Vesna guy last year that I picked. Um, had a down year. I'd love to see him get back this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Give me your next one. Edmonton will miss the playoffs. I feel like this one is a hotter take on October on September 31st than it is on October 31st. Especially given how they started. Um, I mean, maybe so, but I still think people expect Edmonton to play bad in the beginning of the season, and then they kind of turn it around. Historically, if you go back and look, I mean, even last year, they kind of that was kind of their MO. Um, but I believe their goaltending is that bad, and their defense is that bad, uh, that they're just not going to be able to, to make it up. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on. Adam Fentilli will win the Calder over Connor Bedard. I hate you for this. I hate they you for this. They have the same amount of points so far. So I hate you for this, and it's not because I want Bedard to win the Calder. It's because when I saw the section here, I got excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to put Fantilli to win the Calder. And you already had it there. Um, 
I've watched a lot of both of these kids because for some reason I have an infatuation. I don't know if it's because I'm an Orioles fan and I've just grown up rooting for poor teams. Um, I, you can kind of relate to that in a sense. Um, but I, I have an infatuation with the the Blackhawks now that Bedard's there because Bedard was fun to watch in junior hockey. Um, and also I have an infatuation with the blue with the Blue Jackets. Um, you know this. I was high on them last year. They I completely proved me wrong. Um, and I'm high on them again this year. And I'm just gonna kind of read into this and then you can kind of tell me why I'm wrong and talk about Fantilli a little more if you want. I have Columbus to make the playoffs. They I'm fan- not disagreeing with you, honestly. If they keep playing the way they are, I think they got a shot. The East looks weak or weaker outside the top six in there. The wild cards are wide open and Columbus has as good a shot as any. That's, that's the big thing for me is, is that if they keep playing close games and they keep doing this and they keep everybody healthy because last year health was a big issue with them. Line A's down. I know we're going to talk about that here shortly. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a, that's a huge loss for them, Mm -hmm. but Fantilli stepping up. Um, I mean, Zach's the Zach Meister's back. He's he's looking good. Okay, if we're gonna start using nicknames, that's stupid. We're just gonna move on to the next. I I can't say his last name. Um, That's why I caught him. It's fine. We're gonna Um, move on to the next one anyway. Fair fair enough. We we don't have enough time to spend on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Speaking of that color, if the St. Louis Blues miss the playoffs and finish under 500, I do believe we're going to hear rumblings about Craig Berube's job next year. That being said, the thing that I was going to bring up to reinforce this point was the fact that Jacob Verana ranks second in the NHL in five-on-five goals per 60 behind Austin Matthews since 1920. He ranks 14th in points per 60. As a blue, Verona has 11 goals and 17 points in 25 games played. On the season, Verona is tied for points in St. Louis in the second position. He was a healthy scratch tonight. And thank you, Blues Views, for giving us those stats. Uh, And then the Blues went out and shut and got a shutout three to nothing. So maybe Barubi knows what he's doing. Healthy scratch. That's interesting for a guy like Verona. Like I said, maybe Chief knows what he's doing. I don't know. I don't know. Give me your last one. Uh, my next one. I don't know if it's really a hot take because I, I kind of said that they'd be flirting with the with the bubble here, moving into it and watching them play even more. I have Arizona to make the playoffs as well. Um, and this is, a, this is probably a little bit more of a hotter take because of how strong this Western Conference does look. Um, but I love this team. I love the depth. Goaltending is what worries me. Um, but you know what? Let me change this hot because I feel like this take would no, be hotter no, than, than no. making it. Arizona finishes higher than Edmonton in the standings. Well, that's different divisions. So Conference standings. Fair enough. I don't think that's a hot take either. Huh? Okay. I, give me your uh, Arizona's give me your last good, one. Arizona's a good young team. They're 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 good. Uh, Seattle is a one hit wonder. Will regress. And missed the playoffs so far this season. They are two, four, and two. I am not sold on anything that I have seen that that team has gotten better than they were last year. They haven't. 
I mean, they they are currently at a negative 10 goal differential, 18 for 28 against through eight games. So it looks even worse because they're one of the teams that have played the most. Uh, you're you're cracking it a cracking a, a crackinator. Uh, I, I get it. I'm a cracking fan. I, I like crackinator because it sounds I like baconator, and I like baconators. I haven't missed one of their games yet this season. I've watched all eight games. Mm-hmm. So you've been disappointed been, eight times. I've been disappointed seven times. Six times. Uh, no, no. Two, four, and one two. Win, one of their wins were disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fair only enough. game that I, it, it, it's, they don't look good. Beniers has Beniers looks like he's in a sophomore slump. Uh, Burakovsky went down, and I think that's a huge impact for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, man, I, I I I could go on for hours, but we don't have the time. Very true. Let's move along. First coach fired. Who you got? Because I think both Jay of these are pretty obvious. Woodcroft. Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh. After what Pittsburgh did, I mean, we don't need to explain Woodcroft. He's the Edmonton bench boss. If Edmonton keeps playing this way, he's got to go. But Mike Sullivan, I think, may have a shorter leash. Now, Pittsburgh is not exactly known for fire, the whole city is not exactly known for firing managers ever. I mean, Mike Tomlin has been subpar for God knows how long. Bill Cowher was subpar for God knows how long, and they had jobs forever. Um, but with with the last few runs of Crosby and Malkin, and you bring in Carlson, and you bring in all of these guys, and if he can't perform and have Pittsburgh in at least a wild card spot, he's got to go at the end at least at the end of the year, if not earlier. You think, uh, right? I, I think this seat would have got really hot here if they lost to Colorado. And I think that seat just cooled mm. down because of that win tonight. I'm going to be honest. I think you would have heard conversation nationwide about Sullivan's job if they didn't win this game tonight. And the fact they went out there and shut out one of the most offensive, right. offensively talented teams. Um, you can put that on the back burner for now. But if, if Pittsburgh did lose that game, uh, they are sitting in dead last in the Eastern Conference if they did lose. And that's, so just that's saying a lot. Yeah. Uh, let's move along. Major storylines going forward. Now, this is marked for you, but I'm going to take it and I'm going to let you talk. Senators restricted free agent Shane Pinto has been suspended 41 games for violating NHL gambling rules. Now, according to... Uh, Bleacher Report, Pinto is not believed to have bet on hockey. The suspension is retroactive to the first game of the season, given he is an unrestricted free agent. And the Senators have rescinded all previous contract offers, which is huge because he was a growing question mark going into the season because of salary cap issues. Another thing that is important to point out, he is not affected by the December 1st RFA signing deadline because he is not a group two player. So he can sign up and once the suspension is over, if Ottawa offers him a contract or if he has not been moved. Dan, you are a fellow degenerate gambler who wastes way too much of your money and time looking into things that ultimately don't matter because the game is either rigged or so random that your research is nothing. Explain to me how this makes sense. Um, well, I mean, there's there's definitely something to 
going out there every night and playing hockey with a helmet to protect your head and having all these patches on your jersey, your name on the back, and, um, you know, just trying to go to support your sponsor that you have on your helmet of 99Bet um, and then getting suspended for gambling. There's just something about, you know, not being able to support these people to support you, I guess you can say. Um, it's not very listen, good branding, is it? Like to suspend a player that's actively using your product and a product that sponsors your league. You know? Listen, there's, there's, there's just I, – I don't know enough about the NHL gambling rules because – we all know you and I both know way too much about NFL gambling rules because it was a story in the off season and well, NFL off season is, is kind of, but it's like, if he didn't gamble on hockey, why is this such a, a thing? Yeah. Like just like he, if he didn't gamble on hockey, then we know he didn't gamble on his own team. Um, We know he didn't gamble on any well, of his buddies. You see, like, that's the thing. He's not on a team right now. He's not playing for Ottawa. He is a restricted free agent. He's not playing on a roster. He has no contract. He's not playing right now. It's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And now, if you're a team like Seattle, who's still building their franchise, do you maybe go after a guy like Pinto? Take, trade a low-level pick to Ottawa? To bring him in when his suspension is done, maybe see what the kid can offer for a year, get his rights. I mean, I, I think somebody should take a fly on him. I think it makes too much sense not to. One thing that is interesting, are you familiar with Todd Bertuzzi at all? A little bit. Okay, so Todd Bertuzzi, and we don't need to bring this up to for any hockey fan out there. Todd Bertuzzi's suspension for the one of the most infamous sucker punches in the history of the NHL uh, that ended his that ended a career and caused criminal charges to be filed in Canada, and I believe in Colorado as well. Uh, cost Todd Bertuzzi 20 games. Shane Pinto's suspension for sports betting, not on the NHL, is going to get him 41. So you can literally commit aggravated assault in an NHL arena during a game and get less suspension time than someone who places a bet on perhaps football or yeah, baseball. That's, that, that's my, that's my issue with the whole gambling thing in general. Like I can under, I can understand the gambling aspect of it. If they're gambling on the same sport or if they're gambling on their team. Right. But if you're like, I'm sorry, maybe this is just a little bit too America, but why does it matter if I'm betting, if I'm a, if I'm a millionaire, why does it matter if I'm betting $500 on the Astros to win the world series? I, I don't get it. I, I have no, that has, no impact on anything I do besides my wallet. Um, I believe all the sports leagues need to revisit their gambling rules with how pertinent and, and out there it is. And especially how, especially how widely it's used in ballparks. I mean, we went to a Cleveland baseball game. There's a sports book inside the Cleveland, yeah, inside yeah. Cleveland stadium. There's a sports book inside Oreo park at Camden yards and baseball has some of the strictest gambling policies there is. You, you like I, this, uh, it needs to be revisited. I'm not going on this tangent. I'm going to stop. Didn't here. Calvin Ridley get suspended for playing fantasy football? Is that uh, maybe what this is? Maybe he's in a pay fantasy hockey league? No, Calvin Ridley was suspended for betting on on football. Oh, well, I mean, it's what fantasy football but is. This was when he was this was when he was away from the team, so he wasn't even playing. 
And he was betting on the sorry-ass Falcons to win that year anyway, so he was losing money double the amount. Well, that's just stupid in its own right. Let's move along to the next major storyline going forward. Dan, what is it? You mentioned uh, it earlier. Kowalski is out for six to eight weeks with uh, upper body surgery. This happened during the Rangers game. I messaged you and I said the Rangers are a dirty team. Yes, and, you um, and I mean this kind of this kind of plays into that. If you go back and watch that hit, it was a dirty hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's this hurts because he was out last year. They played good. They're playing bad right now, and to not have somebody with his scoring prowess and, and his ability, um, it really just kind of sucks for for my guys. Agreed. This is going to be a big injury for Seattle, and this is good. This right here is one of the reasons why I put in the hot takes that. They're going to miss the playoffs and they're going to miss it. And it's not going to be close. Um, But you brought up the Rangers being a dirty team and we're going to get to another extremely dirty hit later. Um, Is it me or does it seem like there's been more dirtiness in the first month of this season than I can remember in a lot of hockey seasons? I actually agree with you. Like you saying that there's been a lot of like questionable, like, why are we doing that? Uh. I'm going to give you the next storyline. Lindy Ruff, he had a tumultuous season last year in New Jersey where fans were chanting, fire Lindy, fire Lindy. And then at the end of the year, they he was welcomed with open arms in, into The Rock. Uh, so far this year, he has benched Timo Meyer, John Marino, Curtis Lazar, and Damon Severson for large periods of time in the third period of games as punishment for the way they've been playing. If you're a coach in the NHL, now granted, we're not, and we've never coached anything more than a fantasy football team. Do you bench your star players like this to get a rise out of them? This is some like old school stuff, is it not? I don't have an issue with this, and it's because of my years of watching basketball. If you have a guy that's cold and he's on the bench and you have player B who's coming off the bench and he's done hit three, four, five threes in a row and he's hot and you're sticking with your hot hand, then that's fine. Now where this the Ricky Rubio effect is what you're saying, where this is going to come to, to bite him is if they start losing and these guys are not seeing significant amounts of ice time and he's doing this, then it's going to be like, then that's when I'll put the shoe on the other foot and I'll say, you can't not give Meyer ice time because he's playing bad. He's he's got to figure out how to get out of the slump, right? Right. He's so got to work this, through it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll play this the other way right now and just say, yeah, stick with your hot hand. I w- I really thought I'd get something from you on the the Ricky Rubio reference. Should I have gone with Jeremy Lin? Jeremy Lin would have got more of a reference. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move along. Let's do our last one. Expansion. Do we really need to talk about this? We can save this for a show in the off season when we have nothing else to talk about. Um, but <laughs> out of the places that have been mentioned, where do you like? I hate it. I hate it so much, but it's going to happen. If the NHL expands to another team or two, Atlanta will be getting that next expansion team. Yep. It's going to happen. Agree. And I absolutely hate it. Uh, let's move along. Let's, Talk about some other stuff we can speak of before we wrap this show up. Craig Anderson. What do you know about Craig Anderson? I'll be honest, not a lot. 
He is a cancer survivor, had a comeback story. He won, In fact, he won the 2016-2017 Masterton Trophy for Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, he's bounced around. He's been with, the last count, seven different teams, um, mostly with Ottawa. He retired as an Ottawa center. He finished his career in Buffalo last year. Um, he's got some pretty stellar, stellar, um, uh, excuse me, statistics, 621, 319, 275, and 73 for a career, 912 save percentage, 286 goals against average, 43 shutouts. Uh, never won a Vez, never won a Vesna. In fact, never finished higher than fourth in Vesna trophy, uh, consideration. I know you're not a big hockey guy as far as the history books. He may be a hockey hall of famer. Do you have anything to agree, disagree on that? Based off everything you just said. Yeah, I I would agree. Sounds like a hall of famer. An interesting thing to point out. He was a St. Louis blue for four days. He was he was selected off waivers by the Blues from Boston, January 31st, 2006, and properly selected by Chicago off waivers on February 3rd, 2006, and then traded later that year to Florida. In the year 2006, he he was a part of four different organizations, the Bruins, the Blues, the Blackhawks twice and the Florida Panthers. To me, it sounds like they were the worst four days of his career. Uh, it very well may be. I mean, bouncing around like that, 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 that roller coaster. I mean, you think about it, you're going from one team where you, you know, you, you, you started the season with, and then, oh, Hey, I'm, I'm going to look up flights for St. Louis. Oh, by the way, I just landed. Look, it's the arch. It's beautiful. Oh, now I'm going to Chicago. You know, it's, it's gotta be a, it's gotta be a roller coaster thing. Um, we already talked about 16 games in a night. We're, we're both in agreement. This needs to happen again. Yes. Yes. All right, let's move along. Um, we discussed in our football show the injury report, especially now given the whole B. John Robinson situation in Atlanta. Does the NHL need to be more specific with their injury reports instead of just saying upper body, lower body? I'm a, I mean, I'll be honest. I would be okay with any sport saying upper body, lower body. Uh-huh. Uh, the reason why I don't have an issue with it is uh, the mm-hmm. NHL gives me a definitive in or out. Before the game lock. Give me that definitive in or out and I'm okay with it. I would like more of a timetable aspect from a season long fantasy perspective. Um, but I'm I'm okay with the way they do it. I know you hate it. So tell me why I'm wrong. Because it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. Like you're working in betting now, right? Like it's all over the place. Obviously, we just discussed it. Is Vegas really going to stand for this now? Like, they're the ones that are really behind the major push for the NFL to be as accurate as possible with this stuff. And now they're just going to let what's going to become a multi-billion or even trillion dollar sports betting thing be decided by some general managers who want to be too cryptic for their own good. This needs to change. We need bet. It, it's 2023 we need better information coming from these teams simple I argue with you. I uh, let's move along uh first off we got we'd be remiss not to give our uh t's and p's to rick bonus 
He has left the bench of the Winnipeg Jets to be with his wife, who has suffered a seizure. We wish her all the best. Um, and, and you know, positive thoughts all the way to Winnipeg and to Rick Bonus. Uh, let's talk about something bad and super bad and very bad and very dirty. Uh, Calgary defenseman Rasmus Anderson's four-game suspension was appealed and upheld by Commissioner Gary Bettman. Uh, for those of you that don't know what happened in a game against the Winnipeg Jets, and Calgary was losing three to one, seven seconds left. Patrick Line gets the puck at right on his side of his own blue line, and then promptly gets absolutely wrecked by Anderson, who launched himself to make contact with Line's head. Anderson said Line was bent over. He was, but he wasn't. You still can't do that, and you definitely can't launch and leave your feet. Line is now out one to two weeks with, they say it's an upper body injury. It's a concussion. He was injured on the play. Now, this is Anderson's first suspension of this kind. And four games does seem a little harsh, but you do it to one of the faces of the league, or at least one of the more popular players. It's bad. Dan, you saw this one live, and you texted me about it as soon as it happened and told me to watch it, uh, watch the replay of it. Is this the dirtiest play you've seen? At least seen Since in a long a time. Fan? Yeah, it yes. absolutely is. Um, and also, I am a firm believer when it comes to sports like this. I feel the same way about specific plays in baseball. Um, football is a little bit different because it's kind of a bang-bang sport. Um, I mean, great, hockey is as well. Um, but... I feel like this was intentional and I don't feel like Anderson should be able to play again until line a can play. I, I know that that's rule. not the, I no, I, I am 100% agreeing with you on that. That should absolutely be a rule. And I'll tell you what, I'll take it one step further. Should be a rule in football too. Minka Fitzpatrick should not be on a football field until Nick Chubb is back for the Browns. We have different opinions on that specific play. So let's talk about what that was. No, no. And, and we're going to, we're, I'm going to die on this hill. That was a dirty um, this is okay. I mean, this is this is a. I mean, you know what? I'll I'll agree with you. That was a little dirty um, because similar play happened in the Ravens game a few weeks ago, and I went back and rewatched the Chubb play, and I was like, eh, very similar. So either that's dirty, or they need exactly to the same, exactly the same um, play, exactly the same hit. It but, was exactly the same. Let's talk about um, something that's less serious, shall we? Well, can, let me just. Let me Go just ahead. touch a little bit more on this. Um, sure. The, this watching this live, you could tell Liney was concussed. Like it was mm-hmm. one of the hardest and hard, one of the worst and harshest hitch I've seen, including in football. Um, this was definitely something that should not have happened at all. Um, let's go ahead and move forward. I just wanted to get that out. You're a Washington Capitals guy, right? Familiar with the Capitals? This was a yeah, Tom Wilson hit. Every every team that I have a a jersey of right now is 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 a losing team. This was a Tom Wilson hit. Just this was a Tom Wilson this. play. Oh, that's a lie. I have a Vegas jersey now, so we're good. This is a Tom Wilson play, and that's all that needs to be said about it. Uh, let's talk about something that means probably a lot less. Uh, the NHL. You call it a Nazem Kadri play. I've made my peace with Nazem Kadri. I don't want to revisit that again. It took a lot of therapy to get me past this. Uh, decentralizing the draft is now possible in the NHL. Now, think about this for a second. 
the NHL is going to basically hold a virtual draft where teams don't have to show up to Vegas. And this is mainly because the draft will be in Vegas this year, but they don't have a venue for it yet. Now, I feel like this is maybe cheating some of these guys that are getting drafted because they don't get their moment where they get to be up there with, you know, the general manager and, and all the guys and the coach of the team and hold up that Jersey that says whatever year on it and their name on the back for that team. If it's decentralized, doesn't it kind of rob them of that moment? How do you feel about this? Do you care? Do this. If you're doing this in Vegas, do it at the sphere. And as the guys are getting drafted, have their picture go around the outside of the sphere. I just solved your problem. NHL. Oh, that's, that's genius. I love it. I love everything about that. The sphere is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, let's talk about something else. How about the pride and social justice stuff? Uh, the NHL has issued a statement on the symbolic tape in port uh, in, in support of social causes. After co- consultation with the NHL players association and the NHL player inclusion coalition, Players will now have the option to voluntarily represent social causes with their stick tape throughout the season. I feel like a lot of people are talking about this. It's stick tape. It. I don't think the NHL should have banned it in the first place because it really doesn't impact anything. I, I agree. Negative. I mean, listen, I'm I'm the I'm the type of person to where I, I kind of stand on the other side of the fence of most people that are vocal about it. Um, when you have a platform, whether you're an NHL player, an NFL player, NBA, whatever. Um, I'm okay with you using your platform to talk because politics use their platform to talk about everything. So if you have the platform and you can reach people and you have something you want to say, by all means, say it. Do I agree with everything that happens? No, not necessarily. But do I agree with your right of freedom of speech, something that you fought for? Um, that's that's what that what that's what makes the us the land of the free and the home of the brave. We we are free to say what we want, and we are brave enough to do it. If if you're brave enough to do it, then do it because that's what you have the right to do. Oh, that's very um, okay. We call that the LeBron James effect, by the way. Uh, last one, and I mentioned this, and I hope Bedard doesn't become a bust. Perhaps the biggest bust in NHL history is Alexander Dagg. He was a number one overall pick of the Ottawa Senators in the 1993 entry draft. And that entry draft was kind of loaded with some talent. Chris Pronger was second. Paul Correa was fourth to Anaheim. Rob Niedermeyer was fifth to Florida. Victor Kozlov, Jason Arnott, uh, Jocelyn Tebow had a very solid career. Adam Deadmarsh won a few Stanley Cups. I mean, there was a Saku Koivu, Todd Bertuzzi that we mentioned earlier, Kevin Adams, a lot of really talented guys came out of this draft, but it ultimately came down to Alexander Dagg being the first one selected by Ottawa. And he didn't have, he, he came out of uh, Victoriaville with the Tigers and the Quebec major junior hockey league, 616 games, 129 goals, 198 points or 198 assists, 327 points, negative 176. So think about that for a second. Negative 176, 186 penalty minutes. By contrast, Chris Pronger, who was drafted by the uh, Ottawa Senators out of Petersburg in the OHL, as a defenseman, had more goals, more assists, a, almost double the points, and almost 15 times the or seven times the penalty minutes. Uh, as far as the point shares, Dag had 25.8 point shares for his career. That 
Pronger, the next choice, 139.4. Uh, I'm bringing this up because Dag is going to have a documentary coming out in 2024 on Amazon Prime where they're going to chronicle basically the expectations and his subsequent falling short of those expectations. Something I'm really excited to see because not only was that 1993 draft so big, uh, his story is fascinating and it is really a tale of how the media can put so much pressure on a young player, Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, and they just fall short, whether it be their own fault or whatever. Um, you got anything else you want to add before we hit our favorite part of the show? I do not. Go ahead and uh, and hit the hit your hit your music. All right, Dan, we're gonna go with a little bit of wrestling to start it off. Did you know that John Bernthal, aka the Punisher actor, is the nephew-in-law to none other than Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle? I did not. Taught me something new. How about that, Punisher? By the way, second favorite comic book character. Uh, Dan, did you know that the Buffalo Sabres have had 17 different captains since the 2000-2001 season? That That's kind of laughable, right? That by far is more than everybody else. The Panthers have had nine. The Islanders, the Devils, the Flyers, and the Blues have had eight in that time. And Buffalo has had 17. Also, by contrast, Vegas has had one. Granted, it's a small sample size, but still. Uh, Pittsburgh has had three, mainly Sidney Crosby. Uh, yeah, so Winnipeg has also had three, but they really don't count. Uh, Toronto has had three. So there's that. Kind of laughable that they had that. 17 many. captains in. I what, can't believe that we went this whole show. Years? I can't believe we went this whole show and we didn't talk about the Sabres once because they had such high expectations from people, from the media and everybody coming into this season. And uh, they are. They look like shit right now. There's no other way to put it. 3-4-0 last place in the East, but granted, they're also tied for sixth place in the East behind Florida and Ottawa, which is shocking that Florida's down there and kind of that Ottawa's down there. Uh, it's, the, it's a month in. Maybe we don't need to overreact on that. Dan, did you know that Jack Hughes' 17 points in six games is the most points through the first six games of a season since Mario Lemieux in 1995-1996? The only thing I want to point out is you also told me in the preseason in the in the preseason that I was wrong on the Devils being so high, and uh, they're proving me right right now. Uh, have you been following the Michigan State? Or I'm sorry, not Michigan State, the Michigan sign stealing thing. Should we save that for a football show? We absolutely feel like we should, need to save, I, save that. For I just show. I just found out about this today, actually. Oh my gosh, it is like a soap opera of the greatest thing, and it could cost Harbaugh his job. And I am here for it. All right, we'll save that for a. You're only here show for it because week. you want him to go to Cleveland, the coach. God no. No, 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 no. I just hate all things Harbaugh. And finally, from the AEW, we're, that's right, we're back to wrestling. RVD, Sting, Ric Flair, Christian, Jericho, the Hardy Boys, and Edge all appeared on AEW's Dynamite on Wednesdays on TBS at 8, 7 Central. It was the most exciting show 1999 has ever seen. Unfortunately, 1999 was 24 years ago. And I bring that year up because at that time, all of those wrestlers were at the top of their game. And now they're all in AEW a quarter of a century later. 
To be fair, Flair was honoring Sting, who retired, and Christian gave perhaps the greatest line in wrestling history for a heel that if there was a God in this world, Ric Flair would have died 20 years ago. Wow, is Christian getting that nuclear heat. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring an end to this show. We're going to be back on Wednesday as we give you our week eight recap and our week nine picks. We got a lot of very fun facts about all 16 games coming in, including the Thursday night football game, where once again for history, the Buffalo Bills have not lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Buffalo. That's in the entire history of the world. That is Never happened. Anyway, that's going to be all for us. Dan, you got anything you want to add? Uh, I hit a six-leg same-game parlay tonight on that game. How much money did you win? Oh, uh, 90 bucks. Hey, sounds like you got beer money. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players been named later who can make it better. See you.